Hi, this is Bill Whedon from Troma, uh, Sergeant Kabuki Man, NYPD, Citizen Taxi, The Taxi Division Part 3, and Ungovernable Films, The Ungovernable Force, plus many other films, and you are listening to Without Your Head. Decapitation without your head. I'm Nasty Neil, and we have the fine people of Shakespeare's shitstorm. And I'm sorry, I just talked over the man himself, Lloyd Coffin, who just played us in. We have Ariel Amanda Flowers here with us. When I'm playing the piano. I, when I'm playing the clarinet, I usually I forgot to wear my mask. Oh, so you fans uh-huh. out there, you wear your mask, even, right. especially when you play the clarinet. <laughs> you gotta put a mask on the end of it too, so it doesn't. <laughs> <laughs> Debbie, I apologize. Debbie's Canadian, and. Uh, this must be a horrible song for you to hear. No, I'm I'm dual. Oh, good, good, good. So it means <laughs> it brings tears to my eyes. Uh-huh. And the song does too, not just the play. No, I'm kidding. <laughs> and it- <laughs> no, it was beautiful, Lloyd. It was beautiful. It was. I love well your videos where you're playing the um, musical instruments on the street. Yes, uh, I've actually uh, had to do that to get a few bucks. I don't blame you. Uh-huh. It's not hey. easy out there being an independent artist. Yeah. It's expensive to keep a, a trophy wife like that. You said it. Or you're the trophy husband. I'm sorry, I forgot. No, she's the she's the trophy wife. I'm the uh, alcoholic. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, Neil. Yeah, yeah well, that's, yeah. A nasty Neil. Terrible Troy is here now with us as well. Yes, indeed. And we'll introduce her very quickly. We have Ariel Amanda Flowers. Hello. Hello. <laughs> Caliban herself, Monique Dupree. <laughs> Dylan Mars Greenberg. Hi. Now, to the now, show. Now I say it's the right time. Very good. Hello. We have the iconic Debbie Rashawn, who I, we just talked to recently. So it's very good to have her back. Yeah. Grew in a mustache since the last time we talked to her. 
No, that's Threw it out. Threw it out. The the president of Troma, the creator of Toxic Avenger, and he holds a record for the most appearances on Without Your Head in 2020, and that is Lloyd Kaufman. It's very good to have you back. Welcome back. Toxic makes a pile. Make your own damn star. (laughs) No, nobody's ever heard. Make your own. Make your own jam, Toxie. There you go. It's amazing how nobody's heard of Toxie, but somehow it keeps going. You guys. It's only been on every newspaper cover. I love how you just have Toxie, like, behind your couch. I think he probably has one in each room, just in case. Oh, we all don't have one behind us. No, we don't, sadly. Oh, I have one behind me on the wall. It's really tiny. Oh, you do. It's one of those patches that was out. I forget who the car. Oh, yeah, 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 yeah. I see. I see. Cool. I think Dylan's looking for his proxy at the moment. By the way, uh, Dylan's uh, excellent movie, Bathtub, I think features one of uh, uh, Uncle Lloyd's best uh, cameos. Although I think my best one, and being a narcissist, of course, I'm only talking about me. Uh, Debbie Rashan got me a part in her wonderful film. Uh, yes. Nowhere Man. And uh, it's, a, it's a really good film. That was a great, I actually serious role Thanks to Debbie, I acted a little bit. Thanks to you, uh, I almost acted. You taught me. <laughs> <laughs> it was a great scene, though. It's like still, it's a showstopper, really. Ah, I have to you want to see it. amazing Lloyd acting besides Shakespeare Shitstorm, which is, you know, the reviews are raving about his acting. You need to see him also in Nowhere Man. If we will do that. So, it's a very good is, film. This is the second go for Troma with uh, Shakespeare. Is there a big crossover audience with Shakespeare and Troma fans? Well, uh, uh, I will find out, I think. <laughs> I mean, we, I think I know more uh, uh, about Shakespeare and our cast knows more about Shakespeare than Leonardo DiCaprio and Claire Danes. Let's put it that way. Derek Jarman, the British uh, guy who did The Tempest, uh, which is my favorite one, uh, I think he really knows about Shakespeare. But I think, uh, uh, and Rossellini probably knew about Shakespeare, but uh, I didn't really care for I, I thought that movie was very exploitative. Uh, if the Baz Luhrmann one? No, not, not Derek Luhrmann. The Rosalini, the uh, the uh, Zeffirelli one, which I didn't really. Oh. Like. It was too. Uh, it was 1968, and uh, you know, you I went to see it in the theater, and the and the <laughs> I couldn't hear it because everybody was weeping. As so, <laughs> therefore, it's too exploitative. It's all about the weeping. And if you hold your uh, remote, you can see uh, uh, Juliet's uh, breast. If you oh. yeah. now yeah, it sails through the roof now. Yeah. It sails through the roof. <laughs> what did you think? Okay, one quick question for Lloyd. What did you think about um, Lawrence Olivier as Othello? Uh, I thought he was great, um, but uh, I'm sure now I'll be canceled. Apparently he was. In black, was he in blackface or brownface? Or yeah, oh. something like that. Like you know, yeah. But well, uh, was, you know, it's, uh, yeah. I remember sitting through it. But anyway, sorry. Go ahead. Thank what? you, Debbie. Now you get me canceled. <laughs> I like Lawrence Olivier and Otello. No. Also, well, the opera, the opera by uh, uh, Joe Green, uh, aka Giuseppe Verdi. Uh, Otello is a beautiful, beautiful. Beautiful. Uh, first of all, like, how did everyone get involved in uh, in Shakespeare's uh, Shakespeare shitstorm? We'll start with Amanda here, who looks uh, you look much uh, different than in the film, which is probably a good. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I definitely. Um, I don't know. I have that character kind of goes back to some of my performance days in the past. I used to do this character called Mrs. Disgusting, so I, ha- I definitely have this side that loves to be just trashy but you probably wouldn't know in real life just looking at me but um yeah I don't know I got involved in trauma because um I mean of course I always loved trauma growing up like all of us um uh Dylan was an editor there and introduced me to John Brennan who um 
had me act in his short film, uh, Dolphin Man Battles the Sex Lobsters. And that was really how I got introduced to everybody. Um, that Which was really also fun. based on a Shakespeare play, I believe. It's one of the lesser known ones. But yeah, <laughs> yeah um, I don't know. I just, I, I love trauma. I love um, what Lloyd does and just the entire trauma family. And it just became addicting. I started doing traumat stuff for them. And Lloyd was always so supportive and, that's just kind of how it happened. <laughs> well, that's nice. That's good. Uh, Monique, had you, had you worked with uh, trauma before this? I have. I have a history with trauma thanks to Lloyd and thanks to Debbie and everybody being so supportive. And I'd been begging to do something more because I'd mm-hmm. done like intros and right. I've been a traumat almost five-time Tromet. I'm about to get that wrestling belt so I could make oh, that, nice. uh, that Tromet life. But, um, but yeah, I had done a lot of stuff with trauma, but it was always little, like, tiny bits. Mm-hmm. And so I was begging to do something. And I don't know how I got the, the call to, to audition, but, um, but Caliban was initially supposed to be for a, a male, a male role. Right. And um, I was told that Lloyd felt confident that, I could play a strong male character as a strong woman. (laughs) Um, And I auditioned and got it. And I was so excited. I love being able to be a part of the entire process because I had never been a part of the process as much as I have in this film. Like I never really got to do all the rehearsals and I got uh, fight scenes. I got to do fight choreography. Like I got to do so much with this character. And I thank Lloyd for believing in me enough to be able to portray this role. It's like one of my favorite roles that I've ever done. And I've done well over a hundred roles, but this has been by far my favorite. I'm so grateful for it. Can I add something really quick? that I, I've seen the movie, obviously, and I am so thrilled to see Monique in, like, um, one of the leading roles. And it's so, she is so good. And it's so enjoyable to see so much of her on screen Thank that you. I just loved it. I loved Thank it. You. I really, really amazing that. job. Incredible. I'm here because you've believed in me so, so much. And it's been such an awesome experience. I was talking about that with the whole Scream Queen thing that I did before. And like, you know, you believing in me and Lloyd believing in me. And then like, here I am all these years later. And I, I will always do uh, trauma films, no matter what else I'm doing. I will always do this because this is my love. I, I love I love trauma, period. So I will always do anything related to trauma ever, always, always. As long as you invite me, I'm here. (laughs) Thank you. Thank you very much. That's better than getting an Oscar. Your words are uh, truth and love. Hashtag truth and love. I couldn't buy your words, right? You can buy an Oscar. You can't buy love. Can't buy me love. That's maybe what you can play us out with. But uh, uh, like Debbie said, it was really cool to see uh, to see you so much in the movie, Monique, because I had you. We had you on the show. It was I don't know, maybe ten years ago, and it's cool to see you know to get like a, a role where you're actually in the movie a lot. Yeah. And, and yeah. I also think you're acting in the movie because I know it's Shakespeare shitstorm, and this might come to shock people, but it's pretty over the top. But your acting is like probably the most grounded I think in the film. I. You know, after watching it, I was like, oh, should I have been bigger? Um, Because Because I think you need that character in the movie. You need, like, the grounded character. I really, Mm -hmm. truly appreciated that because, like I said, it was something different, something I've never uh, done before, and I really enjoyed being on film more because I've been in wrestling, like, on screen on wrestling a lot, but as far as my film uh, work, 
I haven't done a lot of like lead or supporting characters. Uh, John Johnson will put me in uh, things occasionally, but I've always wanted to do something bigger with trauma. So Mm -hmm. having this opportunity, I didn't want to mess it up. So like on set, I would get so scared. Um, (laughs) You know, I was like, I hope Lloyd doesn't yell at me. I hope I'm doing okay. I hope I'm doing good. Like just, I just wanted to do so well. And I studied so, so hard for this. Um, I took a different approach from anything I've ever done before with this because it just meant so much to me. It means a lot to me. It really Mm -hmm. really does. Lloyd, Lloyd, what did you think about Monique was right for Caliban? I've known her for a while and I know that she's a sincere trauma fan. And I, you know, we talked ahead of time and she said she would trust me. And uh, that result is crazy, but it's terrific. <laughs> it's wonderful. And the action, too, is the fight scene is uh, pretty damn good. Right? You and, uh, and uh, Eric uh, and Aaron Patrick Miller were yeah. together. Right? Yes. And a lot of it came out of your improv. I mean, some of your lines you came up with yourself. And, uh, you know, we had long uh, rehearsals, a lot of yes. rehearsals. Lots and lots of rehearsals. The more rehearsals, though, the more you feel the character and the more you start to embody that that character and then feel like you know what you would want to say. And that's where a lot of, you know, the, the ad-libbing came in. I just felt like, well, Caliban would say this. And you just do it. And the worst that could happen is you go, I don't like that. <laughs> you know? Well, you're a great, you're a great Caliban. I honestly <laughs> think you're the best... I've seen most of the Shakespeare's uh, Tempest, uh, you know, and you, I think you're the best Caliban, without a doubt. Mm-hmm. I'm trying to remember who was the first uh, television Caliban. Uh, uh, Morris Karanowski and uh, uh, the guy, the kid, the guy from uh, Planet of the Apes was in it, and uh, Lee Remick played uh, uh, Miranda. I can't remember. Oh, Richard Burton. Richard Burton played Caliban in, in actually my favorite uh, Tempest, which was a black and white TV uh, version of the first uh, uh, Tempest I saw in, uh, in, in, in uh, with my mother in uh, Stratford-on-Avon, Connecticut, when I was about eight. Wait, <laughs> and, uh, yeah, definitely Monique is, is definitely better than any Caliban. They were all self-conscious, and Monique just went with it, which was just great. there. Mm-hmm. You made it your own. Thank you. Thank you. And, uh, Dylan, how did you get involved? Oh, you're going to ask. I'm sorry, Dylan. Uh, we can't hear you, Dylan, if you're talking. Wait, really? Oh, now I hear you. Uh, oh, I hear you. I hear you. Yeah, you're good. Oh, I was saying, Lloyd, did you mean the 1960, The Tempest? Probably. It's a black and white. Uh, 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 and Lee Remick, uh, Roddy McDowell. Uh, it's actually in color, Lloyd. I think that you saw it on a black and white TV when you were a kid. I thought I saw it in black and white. I think on if you YouTube. go on, I saw it recently. On, in fact, uh, I saw it a, a few times before we filmed. It wasn't. Maybe it's been colorized. I watched it and I saw it in color. I, I saw it in black and white. Well, there you go. <laughs> maybe, maybe I saw it in special TV. On, it I saw it on 4K. <laughs> in 3D. I don't yeah. know. What is going on? I saw it in another dimension. (laughs) My favorite Shakespeare play. I would have done it uh, with James Gunn, but I wanted to feel like Prospero. It's all about losing power, and uh, it's got a monster, you know, Caliban, and it's got a lot of druggy stuff in it, and magic. Uh, I Mm -hmm. make movie magic. Uh, And uh, over my 50 years, uh, trauma's been pushed deeper and deeper into the... uh, into the reeds of the underground. Uh, so the domain I had in the 80s is gone, uh, just like Prospero had to, got pushed out of his uh, domain. So I, I wanted to wait till I was old so I could really feel. feel and, and you're getting rave reviews for that, Lloyd. Yeah. People are well, feeling it. Thanks to you. Well, thanks to you all, really. I mean, the people love the film. So far, we've been uh, blessed with wonderful. Mm-hmm. And... and uh, Amanda and Dylan and you and, and hey. uh, Monique and everybody's and uh, uh, Kate. Kate is hilarious. Yes. Yes. She's terrific. She she's so funny and she's she is. She's a little. She, she really gets being a comedian. Yes. And she's mm-hmm. 
and uh, all that kind of the, stuff. That spark, you know, yeah. that, yeah, she that thing that you can't can teach she somebody. Can. It yeah. just <laughs> happens. Yeah. She's not as talented as you, Debbie Rashawn, but she's, you know, she's but. moving up. She's getting better. No, she's moving Kate is terrific, and we were yeah. boy, were we lucky to get her. And we got uh, Ferdinand. Literally, uh, the guy who we had cast dropped out uh, about the week before. No, uh, maybe it was a, a month before we were shooting. The day before we went to Albania to shoot that stuff, and where Dylan wrote the uh, the uh, theme song. Uh, <laughs> the day before we went, the guy drops out, and uh, his father didn't like the script. He was a rich kid. <laughs> and uh, and uh, uh, Kate happened to mention by chance, you know, my boyfriend's pretty funny. You want to interview? So we auditioned him real quickly. And Pat, uh, the commissioner and the Blue Apron Trophy wife, loved him. And uh, so we gave him a part. And he was, boy, he was the best. He, he sings, he dances. He does I saw Dylan was picking up the guitar. Can you play a little bit of the theme? Me? Yeah. Oh, okay. Yeah. Right now? Or we could say we'll save it for the end. We'll build up to it. We'll build up to it. We'll build up to it. Can you talk about writing the theme though in Albania? And why why did you why a film in Albania? Well, we wanted Dylan to write the theme song in Albania. So oh, okay, could, like know, we have to. It, it can't be written here. It's going to be written in Albania. Yeah. So she could really get into a different world. Mm -hmm. but, uh, no, Albania also gave us the, that ship uh, for free. Okay. And yeah. a lot of other stuff because they're trying to get American productions in there the way Bulgaria, Romania, and the other fascist countries are doing. So uh, they want to be up there with the other uh, world of, of uh, bootlegging and fascism. So um, <laughs> and we took a big risk. And our producer, one of our producers, Justin Martell, for some reason specializes in uh, fascist countries <laughs> like North Korea and others. Wow. So, uh, he... Uh, he Good guy to know. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Yeah, he connected us with the government of uh, Albania, and um, we took a shot. We we took a gamble, and Albania gave us, I mean, they gave us everything pretty much for very little. You know, we paid the crew, obviously. And the other thing that's pretty interesting is uh, we have no distribution in uh, the Albanian country. And uh, yet <laughs> the entire crew were rabid trauma, uh, trauma fans, except for the uh, one older guy uh, who looked like Lutton Hoffman and uh, whose first movie actually we own. Uh, so the, uh, the crew, uh, obviously the good, uh, our good friend, the piracy and bootlegging uh, made trauma fairly well known in Albania. Yeah. I mean, I don't want to be pro uh, uh, piracy, but at least there's some, there, there's a benefit there. You're, you're big in yeah, Albania. But, uh, you know, if you're an artist, you want to be seen. If you're an artist, you want your work to be seen. Right. I, right. I have white privilege, right. right? I went to Yale University. I had the best of everything. I could have been one of those idiots who uh, on Wall Street who, who, who was all about money, 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 money. And then, uh, you know, when, we, when there are a few protests, they'll go and uh, say some politically correct jargon. Uh, but I wanted to be an artist. So I, it's okay if people want to see our movies. What's not okay is for those Chinese bastards to, uh, uh, you know, for those genocidal dicta dictator, uh, sexist, uh, fascists in China who own the DVD factories and the Blu-ray factories and the military who own the, uh, the uh, streaming services. It's not okay for them to keep all the money. If the money went to the peasants, the poor people, which is about 80% of China and a few of those COVID bats, uh, I think things would be okay with me. But nobody's getting the money except for the rich people. So fuck communist China. And I majored in Chinese studies. I figured mm -hmm, yeah. I wanted to make movies there. For 15 years, I went there. I had two retrospectives in Shanghai. But this, uh, this guy, whose name is Xi, which sounds kind of feminine, uh, he, <laughs> he's a total... Fuck. So I'll never go back. I, and my daughter, Elizabeth, who speaks fluent, uh, I can kind of speak Chinese. I majored in, in Chinese studies, but she's fluent and can read it. Uh, she got arrested in, uh, in uh, Beijing uh, for taking pictures of Tiananmen Square uh, a couple of years ago. So she'll never go back. They made her delete her uh, photos and then <laughs> they made her sign a confession of some sort. A confession. She was so afraid that she didn't want to let the uh, the cops know that she could speak Chinese. 
It's crazy. Wow, that's it's crazy. I, I wish them the worst. And I hope this she goes away. And China was on its way to becoming sort of a, a Scandinavia, you know, where it's socialism. But at least you can speak your mind. And if you want to be a Muslim, you don't get uh, uh, eradicated. You don't get, uh, you know, you don't get into prison camps. Right? Wow. They don't have prison camps in Taiwan anymore. They did back in 1949, but not anymore. It's a democracy now, and they're doing great. When I had Dylan on before, uh, it was like last year, I think, he talked about there was different types of, uh, of shit in the movie. Like the, the Albanian shit was different than the shit that was in the United States. Uh, what is the difference between the two? Well, uh, Dylan, you were up close and personal. What do you, what do you think was uh, the most original? The, Al- the Albanian <laughs> shit definitely was like closer to real shit. <laughs> I entirely know much more authentic. Yeah. Um, Doug Sackman in America specializes in this stuff, specializes in this shit, so to speak. And his shit was expertly made so that while it gave the appearance of shit, it actually smelled quite nice. It smelled like yeah. oatmeal. It smelled like chocolate oatmeal when we were shooting shooting at Coney Island Beach when we washed up on the shore of Tromaville um, it bizarrely started torrentially pouring and actually when they put the shit on us it warmed us because he warmed the shit and actually (laughs) quite nice very thoughtful now it it was probably mostly food but the food was very it, it rotted quickly and it dried very fast. And I, I have a distinct memory of being on the boat with the shit like congealing and drying on me. And I'm mm. just like mountain of a turd <laughs> and just like flies just start landing on me and I can barely like move my arms. And they're just like sucking off of this like rotten like shit. And I thought to myself, now I know how it feels to be a piece of shit, a literal <laughs> 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 the American <laughs> Doug Sackman is a, is a genius and yeah. knows yeah. how to make any sort of disgusting substance out of materials that will be durable and last a long time and actually smell good and, and be quite pleasant to, to have on. So Doug, I really have to thank Doug for, um, for, uh, when I, I didn't feel like a piece of shit with, with that. <laughs> right, right. <laughs> but you're right, though. Oh, Doug definitely needs a massive shout-out, because he's so yeah. awesome. Mm-hmm. Met him on Citizen Talks, Lloyd. Yeah, he was a student. was 16 years old. He was 16 when yeah. he started working with us. And uh, he worked for Troma for several years, and uh, mm-hmm. he was a bad boy. And uh, I went on some road trips with him where we got into a fair amount of trouble. <laughs> and uh, a very bad influence on Uncle Lloydie. But now I think Debbie backed me up, but I think he was the most serious on the set this year. Yeah, time. he was. He was, like, he he was, was really up. like, he took care of everybody. He just didn't do his job. He took care of everybody. Yeah. And he was, yeah. um, no matter what was going on, whether it was things were going smooth or they weren't going smooth or behind or on time, he was just like zen. It was, I've never seen Doug like that before. He's always been good, but he was like so zen, wouldn't you say? Yes. Like he was just uh, amazing, amazing. You made a good one, a good filmmaker. Yeah, he's doing great too. He's doing a lot of television now and uh, with special effects. But one thing about the Albanian uh, crew, uh, they were very open-minded because uh, uh, we asked them to put corn in the whale shit uh, spoiler alert, it happens to the shitstorm is from a fecal bloom of whales, uh, which is a real thing. I've seen it in uh, National Geographic, and Gabe Friedman's father uh, has personally experienced it. Uh, Gabe Friedman, who wrote uh, Poultry Guys. And the Albanians were okay with it. You know, uh, they asked me once, I thought, why are you putting, uh, do the whales eat corn? I said, no, but it's funny. And uh, they went along fine with it. So Doug Sackman also put corn in. I think the base... Uh, of Doug Sackman's, uh, correct me if I'm wrong, Dylan, but I think the base was tapioca pudding. Yes. Uh, Debbie, you were, right? Warm yeah, tapioca so pudding. Actually, 
comfortable to have on. It was quite cool. Yeah, it was good, and it's delicious, too. Tapioca <laughs> pudding is great. Some whale corn in there. Other yeah. corn. <laughs> you know what, though, Lloyd? I have to be honest with you about something. You know when we had our shit scene? I was watching, because we went, like, I the very last... Wait a minute, that was not part of the movie. <laughs> that was just a weekend, oh, right? Yeah. Sorry, I was... That was German. I'm sorry. <laughs> Forget it. Okay. Ask it anyway. say? We went what last? Did we go last? I think so. Okay. So the truth of the matter is all the shit that was being used was being recycled into the barrels and then poured on the people dripping off and all the dirt in the floor and everything back into the barrel. So by the time they got to me and Lloyd, it was recycled how many times? Wow. Oh. You know, I... And it was... I, and you know... Mentally, it, was, it didn't matter. It didn't well, matter, but it mentally matter. it was... It mattered a lot because we all have herd immunity to COVID now. Yeah. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> Exactly. <laughs> so there, there's always that. I didn't I mean, know that, good. Debbie. That's terrible. Oh, yeah. That was, <laughs> I'm sorry. I was like, That's terrible. That is not brace myself. Not for the, the shit, because the shit was clean. But it was the recycling, going over everybody's crevices on their bodies yeah, no, over and over terrible. and over and on the floor and then being siphoned up. I'm very upset. And then... And Honestly, then you and I went last, yeah. but Lloyd was like... It's kind of like dipping food in the, in, in the fountain at the Golden Corral. It just keeps going around and around. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> oh, that's horrible. Uh, well, I'm sorry. I didn't... Uh, no, no. I, I didn't know you were just, I was watching but, Lloyd, and you know. Lloyd was like so concentrated into it. I thought, he, you know, maybe even letting it go in his mouth. And I was like, that is dedication. <laughs> that's an actor right there. That is an actor, Lloyd Kaufman. Wow. Deserve all the accolades that you're getting for the movie. Coming from Friends Debbie Rashawn. Well, that's not, <laughs> Debbie Rashawn doesn't uh, exactly, uh, uh, you know, speak falsehood. She, she lays it no. right, on the, right on the truth. So thank you very much. That's a big, big deal for me. Uh, I want to ask yeah, Amanda what she thought of the crack horse song. This is very funny in the movie. Oh, it's great. <laughs> Oh my goodness. Um, I completely loved it. I loved the tune. Um, I was so thankful to even have a song in the movie. Um, the whole time there was this kind of like uh, question of, you know, because I was supposed to be like kind of paralyzed in this wheelchair, but then like, how do I move and talk <laughs> with this thing? And I, I just love that the character um, just suddenly breaks out into song in this normal voice like in the middle of the movie um but yeah like Lloyd and I um rehearsed it together and that was a lot of fun in the beginning that was back when they were um it was Derek I believe was building this big Derek and I can't remember who else now I'm the worst but they were building this giant pill bottle that I come out of and at some point Yoshi the art director from Japan he came from Japan to work on a movie that guy we had a lot of people from all over the world uh, coming to work with us uh, and you know paying their own way and uh, Yoshi's now d uh, uh, the art director on Justin Martell and John Brennan's uh, uh, Joe Bob Briggs' uh, Last Drive-In. And uh, there's about wow. eight, uh, uh, what do you call it? alumni of <laughs> Shakespeare Shitstorm on uh, Joe Bob's show. So how nice is that? Yeah, very cool. He was really great. At, like, all of the art department people were so professional, too. And um, mm -hmm. I know Derek had a hell of a time um <laughs> like making sure nothing broke or fell off of the wheelchair all the time while it's like getting pushed through all these different environments and stuff and Derek built the um all the little pretty embellishments and everything on the on the wheelchair and my little dildo like uh <laughs> throat thing and so many other things we had a great art department uh, pat clowman and uh, uh kelly polk 
and others uh, whose name I can't remember. But uh, that, we really had a devoted, we had the, um, uh, you know, everybody, there may have been 2,000 people associated with this movie. Mm-hmm. And we made, I think, a $50 million movie for about 450000 or maybe five hundred. we We're still figuring it out. But that's for that movie, for that, in fact, the guy who runs Fantasia, Mitch uh, Davis, he couldn't, he said that uh, all the other independent movies have like four people in them in one location. And he couldn't believe the scale of this. That was and something I noticed watching it. Uh, there's just so many people, uh, you know, in locate. And what would like to fill some of those scenes? Like in your, the end where there's like uh, everyone's mutating and stuff. There's like just seems like hundreds of people, but dozens of people. Uh, how hectic I, was that? I will say. After Lloyd goes, I have something to no, say. Go ahead, Dylan. Go, Dylan. Oh, well, what I want to say is that credit to John Brennan for finding the most brilliant location ever because he found a club that had two massive rooms that looked starkly different from each other. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Retreat and the inside of the ship are the same club. And the club happened to have its own separate massive, like ballroom area with with these mirrors that looked like uh, portholes of a boat. Mm-hmm. So shoot in that room, and then the next day they would, and then basically they would just alternate holding. So holding would be in the club when they were shooting in that room. And then when we were shooting in the club, they would just move holding into the boat room. But it was just one, you could just walk through a door and you had two different, two completely different locations that mm-hmm. you never guess were the same building. It was the most absolutely brilliant use of location ever because I'm sure that saved the production so much money. And there was even that one kind of like demonic looking part too with the big couch everybody was sitting on with yeah. fire. Like how, how is that even possible that all that stuff was in one place? I don't know. <laughs> Remember there was a fire, Lloyd? Yeah, we had a <laughs> safety yeah. humans. We had a fire on set. Uh, they had but it was a, put out quickly, kind of but a, it did happen. Yeah. They had some kind of a, uh, a glass partition, and yeah. and I guess when they would have weddings or whatever in that room, they, mm-hmm. they had a, a gas thing that made fire. It was beautiful. But yeah, it was. <laughs> Luckily, I mean, everything was fine, but I bring it up because safety first, right? I mean, people just assume everything's going to be okay, but... You got to be prepared for anything. Well, not to mention the fact that when the firemen showed up, uh, I was in, uh, you know, I had to run out and talk to them. And I was dressed as Antoinette. So uh, (laughs) I kept saying Toxic Avenger, Toxic Avenger, because that's the only thing we've done that anyone's heard of. And uh, most of them. (laughs) That was one of the most amazing things I've ever seen in my life. Like I'll die, like being happy that I had that memory of you talking to the firemen. Yeah, I know. Wow. Uh, we all have memories we'll never forget. And I had a, after the, after we finished uh, the four weeks in New York, <laughs> I, had, I had the gift of vertigo. I actually uh, had three days of, of uh, the, the room spinning and I wasn't even drunk. It was genuine <laughs> vertigo, a tribute to Alfred Hitchcock. Vertigo is one of the greatest movies ever made. And we made a, uh, uh, our version of Vertigo in 1971 called Sugar Cookies with Mary Warnov and Lynn Lowry, which was mm-hmm. a, a lesbianic uh, version of Vertigo. And very good. A little bit boring. I didn't direct it, so it's uh, you know, kind of elegant, yeah. but boring, unfortunately. It's the only <laughs> X-rated movie in history that lost money. Uh, Monique, you talked about Stone. doing the- <laughs> Oliver Stone's first movie. Uh, oh, really? That's right. Oh, no, no. Second appearance. His first was in Battle of Love's Return. Oh, hmm. that's right. Yeah. With and Lynn remember, he, he did that incredible interview with you, Lloyd, like for the DVD. Remember? Yes. Uh, and he had no problem talking with us. No, he loved it. He loved it. He loved- Amazing. He's, he's so supportive. <laughs> so supportive. Uh-huh. Like, holy shit. Yeah. Incredible. Yeah. That's all I'm going to say. Incredible. Yeah. Right. Yeah. yeah. That's why you pop up in all his movies and the cameos. Yeah. Well, yeah. Uh, he, didn't well, you see actually, Lloyd in Platoon <laughs> in the Jungle? This is my favorite. Right. Film. Right. Yeah. 
I saw it. Willem Dafoe is laying there looking up and yeah. And yeah, he's going like this with the helicopter yeah. and Lloyd's right through yeah, that the arm. Stick, yeah. The right arm. Mm-hmm. Yep. Right. True. I was the only draft dodger in that movie. <laughs> <laughs> I was not a big fan of the Vietnam War. And I was right, I think. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> you called that one. <laughs> <laughs> we're not a limb on that one. Uh, yeah. Oliver and I grew up together. We uh, grew up. We were met in second grade, and uh, really? our folks became that. very friendly, and uh, we became very close until uh, he got a little crazy, and then he became famous. And of course, like all famous people do, they dropped me, which is probably. <laughs> I mean, <that's> just, <laughs> In all honesty, since you're here, whenever I have someone on the show who worked, who worked, whenever I have someone on the show who worked with trauma, I always ask about working with trauma, and I always get one or two answers. One, they're very positive, or it's very negative. There's never in between. It's uh, never in between. No, that's no, true, no. Lloyd. That's true. Okay. There's never in between. That's well, goes for our, you know people either love Tromeo and Juliet or they hate you know this. Uh, they, right, you know, it, they'll have a real emotion at least. They and won't forget the feel. Yeah, yeah, it won't be that they've forgotten it, yeah. or they're they're can't be bothered to think about it. That's right. That's right. Who remembers uh, Tay Garnett's uh, One Way Passage? Right, but <laughs> Tomeo Toxic Avenger is still playing in theaters thirty five years later. Right. We get about uh, you know we every month we get at least one uh, booking in a theater, mm-hmm. and now with the drive-ins. We've had a lot of drive-ins for, uh, mm-hmm. we just had the 20th annual trauma dance uh, in uh, Pennsylvania. With, yeah. uh, uh, was Bathtub in it? Dylan? What? You've had movies in trauma dance, no? Bad on you. This year? Me? All, all my movies were rejected oh, from trauma dance. <laughs> no way. <buddy. laughs> yeah, it no was. Way. No it way. Was. Not possible. It's true. I'm not even kidding. Trauma dance. like it's very true. Trauma dance isn't about trauma. It's all about other people's feelings. Yeah. Yeah. We did use music (laughs) class to try to get more people. You know, so it would support the new filmmakers. Yeah. (laughs) Need to get my sword into one of the trauma dance projects. Well, next year when after COVID, we'll bring it back to Manhattan. We could have a big reunion. And, yeah. uh, I love that. I only d- directed one film before. It's a short film. And oh, really? Very we'll yeah, it's it. called uh, Shadowhunter's Devil Speak. It's on Amazon and everything, but, um, you know. I, I was heard of it. My hand on Troma Now. Send it to me. We, maybe we can put it up on Troma Now, and which will eventually go to. to. Yeah, send it in. It would be great. It has lots of boobies in it. That's what I like. There, <laughs> there's nothing wrong with that. Lloyd will not have any part of that. That's <laughs> <laughs> the Beatles. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah. Is that something you'd like to do more of, Monique? Uh, uh, direct? Um, well, I will say this. I will never try to direct, act, produce, and all of that at the same time. I don't know what I was thinking and why I was so stupid. For the first time out with directing that I said, oh, yeah, I'm going to do a little casting. I'm going to do some production. I'm going to act in it. That was the absolute wrong idea for me. So if I do it again, I just want to focus on directing. Mm -hmm. Um, I don't even want to be in the film. I would like to just be behind the scenes. I have a love for the art of being... um, behind the scenes with stuff. I do it a lot with wrestling, with production and stuff like that. I have a newfound love for that. I love all of the, the, the maniac stuff that you have to go through in order to get to the point that, you know, once you're done making or creating something, you can go, wow, look, like I did that. You know, well, you know what you could, maybe you could have a cameo in your own film, like Hitchcock, where you just like, you kind of give a little wink to the camera, you close the door on a bus or something. It'll, it would be something really minute because I really lost my mind thinking that I was able to, I basically bit off more than I could chew. I, I made it through because I had help, but I didn't realize how much work it was because you look at people and you look at that, oh, I can do that. No, 
there was a lot of um, little things that I had no idea of and setting up shots and all of that stuff. But I learned because, you know, I record my own, do my own music videos and stuff like that. So I just thought that I could just do this whole thing. But next time, if I do something, I'll do like a really tiny cameo, but I will not uh, try my hand at everything at once. I would want to focus on directing just to see just how well I can do it if I just put all my effort into that. So I think I did okay this time, but it's kind of like a different feel. It's not all me. I had to have help. Um, but I was very proud of the project and I, I got a, like a no budget movie. <laughs> I did my first no budget movie. <laughs> and if I may say, Monique, you have your own homegrown uh, studio with stars. You've got your beautiful kids. Holy cow. I've met a few of them. They are magnificent and smart. And thank you. And Tommy Dreamer. Yes, and Tommy, Tommy deals stuff for me all the time. But I appreciate you putting my daughter, Karma. She's in Shakespeare Shitstorm. Yeah, and she's so, so proud of it. And she watched it with me. And she was like, you know something? That did not suck. I said, my baby. I'm so happy. Wow. I was so proud. I of love her. that Thank it didn't you. suck. That's like a really yeah. good. That's a really good <laughs> that, thing. That could be on the yeah, poster. Are, on the <laughs> it did not suck. Yeah, she really, she really enjoyed being a part of um, that process. I mean, she only she had the little uh, small part, but she was like, "This is what you do. Like, this is awesome. Like, I love this." And she yeah. loves you. You know, because you were like, put her in the front. Let her get in the front. Right? She was like, yeah, he likes me. <laughs> but uh, I appreciate it. And, and very charming. Very charming. I, I, and I, was, I was very unpleasant. I'm sure I'm a total maniac. Yeah, I'm not. No, you weren't unpleasant. You reminded her of her father. Oh, so nice. That was, that, was, that was not bad at all. That was saying? Yeah, yeah Saint. Yeah. Uh, send her my love. I sure will. Absolutely. You were pretty nice during the shooting of this. I didn't feel like you were like super grumpy. <laughs> there were a couple of times. <laughs> there were a couple of times, but in all honesty, I just like everything was running so long and, you know, things were just things were happening and we were all tired and then we started to lag and I remember the one time that he yelled, everybody went, okay, it's time to get back on the clock because we got to yeah. finish this because Lloyd mm -hmm. just got mad. <laughs> and then he calmed down again because he had his beautiful wife there too to make but sure. Did you guys notice okay. this? Okay, I want to ask you guys, did you guys notice that when Lloyd was dressed as Antoinette, <laughs> never got mad? Oh, absolutely. <laughs> However, when he was himself, like in male outfit, that's when, if it ever happened, that's when it would happen. Did yes. you notice mm -hmm. that? Yes. Definitely. It had a calming effect yes. on Lloyd, I think. Interesting. Yes, absolutely. Maybe something you can explore in your personal life. Yeah. Well, <laughs> well someone... I think, I think my wife, who was one of the producers... <laughs> Was sort of a, a whisperer, you know, and also a threatener. So uh, she would tell me. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't know about that part. Yeah. Uh, I were saying, Dylan? Sorry. Get home. So I, I think she was a major, uh, you know, whisperer, as they say. Yeah. Yeah. But we had the voted gang. We had the best people. There. Everybody came, the background people who we call actor persons, who got, you know, maybe a hot dog or something. I, uh, they were the nicest, and they came, came back, right, Debbie? And, 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 yep. Right? They came back. Incredible. And uh, Dylan. From and, all over. And, uh, yeah, they, they came from day all after day over. They came back, right? But they were yeah. honored to be a part of the project. I, I spoke yeah. to some of them, like, you know, I'm like, wow, I can't. They're like, wow, I can't believe I'm on a set of a trauma film. Like, it was really an honor for them. So right. that was really great. It yeah. just kept coming so back. Some of them are in the chat room right now, actually. Alexander Hawk, who was who was a player. And ask player. which one of them. I don't know exactly who it was. Was when we were done with the the shitstorm scene, and we went in the back, and uh, it took off all my clothes. I had to be hosed down with like a fire hose outside. <laughs> nice. Who was the person? I never got a chance to thank them. 
Like, who was the person, Lloyd? That was me, too. Well, I think the, uh, well, it should be in the credits. So Debbie Rashawn Hoser or something. Right? No, the person, hosed everybody. Yeah. Oh, okay. Like that was your personal hoser, basically. Oh, yeah, right? No, I, I know I personal hoser. We the, share. Uh, the, the circus hoser. was in town, and we had the uh, people who hosed <laughs> No problem at all. But... Uh, <laughs> <laughs> Bill Whedon is also in the chat room who's uh, the villain in, in uh, Kabuki Man, Sergeant Kabuki Man. Oh, yeah. and Bill's a great guy and uh, he had a small part in the in the movie and it was very cool because when, when you see him you, there's a Kabuki Man song playing. Yeah, he's singing which it. Which I thought was a very nice little uh, little thing there for, for trauma fans. What are you saying, yeah. Dan? Sorry? Great guy, great guy. He's in, uh, I'm in a couple of movies with him and uh, is something coming up with? Oh yeah, Doug Sackman is is uh, developing uh, the Sergeant Kabuki Man uh, revisiting. Yes, and uh, Bill has a, is going to have a major part of that. Uh, Doug's uh, fi- uh, getting it uh, written yeah. and financed. And a cheap plug on my end. Uh, my first movie I've produced, first feature film in February before everything went to hell. Uh, Bill is one of the leads in it, along with. Uh, Michael He's St. Michaels good. from the Greasy Strangler. Very nice guy. Too. Awesome. Great. And he was, in, he was in the Fantastics in New York City for about five years. That, that ran how many years? years? That was the longest running show in New York at one point, yeah. right? Right based by the on, Village Gate, where I used to work at the Village Gate. And it was based on the uh, French play by Edmond Rostand, who wrote... Uh, the uh, 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 Cyrano de Bergerac. It's a mm-hmm. play called The Wall in French. It's a very interesting play, and uh, the Fantastics is based on that. Pretty interesting. Uh, uh, Dylan, you were trying to say something. What were you trying to say? Oh, well, I was Sorry, trying man. to say that when someone saw, I, you know what it was? Um, before the movie came out, uh, someone came on set and um, was making a documentary about me, and they interviewed Lloyd. And Lloyd is dressed as Antoinette Duke in the interview. And someone messaged me because it's out of context. <laughs> and Lloyd seems so calm and, you know, casual, just dressed, you know, in drag. <laughs> I mean, they said, oh, I love the documentary about you. Also, is Lloyd transitioning? Like, what name should I use for her now? Lloyd at yeah, Lloyd. Uh, well, how about that thing from Shutter when they came on? Uh, That's true. Also, yeah. Shutter came on, and I told the director, "Well, whenever I'm interviewed, I I always wear you know women's clothing." <laughs> and they were like so open-minded, you know, so woke that okay, <laughs> you know, they were like oh, we understand you. <laughs> well, one those maybe that's it. always been the secret, Lloyd. Maybe if this had been the way all along. It might have, I don't know, changed I everything. Right. Imagine that. I think you're absolutely right. And I'm also I'm a much better looking woman than a man. And I look better with a mustache. I can't stop so that's staring what I'm at your mustache right now, Debbie. <laughs> See, I that's what I'm staring at. <laughs> I, I will that's say. what I'm saying. Like, is it? And that's all you. Nobody, nobody, uh, that was your idea. It was terrific. <laughs> I will say, I met never acknowledged this before but i'm actually in the background of one scene as an extra wearing a fake mustache i'm not kidding really? what wow I, I dressed in drag as a male and i always say that the way that i dress as a man is the way that bugs bunny dresses as a woman so if you look really closely you see me in the background in the ship with a bunch of the executives you can never tell unless you're looking really, really closely. Uh-huh. But I, and I look crazy. I'm wearing a bandana over my hair. And I have this, it's like the same mustache that Debbie has right now. <laughs> with big pencil mustache. Foreshadowing, right? Yeah. Wow. Foreshadowing. Right. Wow. It's funny, like, because you have, you had that mustache on during the movie, I feel like so you much more like to you right now because you have a mustache. <laughs> <laughs> I have more I, like Lloyd I think Lloyd speaks for himself of course but I feel much more confident I feel much much more relaxed with the mustache <laughs> go figure I don't know I, I've got more confidence somehow maybe Monique's well, gonna try out the mustache next time huh? 
I might Hello, try out a beard. All right, the <laughs> like goatee or something. I see. Yeah. Well, I yeah. A half. Uh, Tommy Dreamer goatee. Just right. draw it here. Like, just. I have a half uh, <laughs> face, but uh, you can't really see it because I'm so old. Oh wow! See, this is this is unshaven, and this is shaven. Wow. Why? Why? Interesting. I wanted to thank our fans for uh, getting us uh, our channel back from YouTube. Right. Okay. That's Which, pretty big. That's huge. Yes. We talked about this before recording, but if you want to talk about that again, because, uh, you know, uh, trauma was kicked off YouTube, and uh, your fans got you guys back. Yeah. So I did a thank you, uh, talking about the close shave we had with YouTube. And, and uh, the good news is – and then uh, – uh, this it started with this, and then I turned here about the clothes shit. It's on my Instagram, and uh, we're gonna have uh, we're about two weeks away from an app that will be able to, to all the Troma Now subscribers will be able to go to Troma Plus, and then uh, they'll be able to get on to uh, Troma Plus, Troma Plus, be able to get on uh, like, uh, Roku and Microsoft, uh, Xbox, all the other uh, things you'll be able to get on because there'll be a awesome. most beautiful app. It's a beautiful, it's a beautiful app. That's awesome. Yep. Everyone in the chat is asking, because um, uh, it debuted at a uh, premiere at, at Fantasia Fest, um, but we, do you know when uh, Shitstorm will be out for other people on video on demand or DVD or Blu-ray? Or is it I, there's some festivals, you know, I think right. in New York. So there's some big festivals, but um, uh, and genre festivals, of course. So you'll see them uh, announced. But, uh, you know, we, uh, Mutant Blast, was, uh, which is uh, Fernando's movie, a uh, uh, wonderful film. And uh, may, we made it in Portugal, and he directed it in the Portuguese language. And the Portuguese government gave us uh, half the budget. So how cool, the American government doesn't give us squat. Uh, all the tax incentives uh, here go to the uh, major studios. You know, they don't work for the little guys. So they, our government gives us nothing. But the Canadian government, you know, the, uh, that movie in uh, Fantasia called Slacks, which doesn't really, it's a nice attempt. It's the first movie, but they, it looks like they didn't finish it. Uh, they got 30 theaters in uh, Canada. Uh, you know, we get squat. But because mm -hmm. they made the movie in Canada, they get they, the Canadian, and same in Portugal. We opened yeah. a Mutant Blast in Portugal. We got 15 theaters, and we got held, uh, the distributor brought the commissioner and me over there. And they got held on, held over in 13 of them. And now with, uh, and Mutant Blast opened in Los Angeles. I did very well at Lemley Cinemas until the second week, at the end of which we had to all run back to uh, New York because of the COVID thing. So, but I'm hoping, we had an opening date for Mutant Blast in New York, but all that's gone. Uh, so I don't, I don't really know where it's going to go. I just don't yeah. know. I'm kind of thinking, what do I do next other than kill myself? <laughs> not to laugh at, at the thought Let's of that. Let's not do that. No. <laughs> we hope you stay with us. So, uh, Fantasia Fest was a virtual festival this year. Uh, how how do you think that affects uh, getting movies out there? Is, is it obviously it's different, but is it is well, there pluses tickets. or minuses? They sold fifteen hundred. They had a fifteen hundred limit on ours, and they sold mm -hmm. them all. I, I don't not sure if we get any, but uh, I'm hoping we do. I don't think we get any of the money. Well, maybe we do. Mm -hmm. But they're great. That, that uh, Mitch Davis, the curator, in my opinion, uh, it's in Montreal, by the way. It's a, which is yeah. where Chateau de Sex. I mean, which is where there's some excellent uh, movie uh, organizations. And um, Mitch Davis, I think, is the best uh, genre festival curator there is. Every movie he picks is, at the very least, interesting. Even if you're not, and I've been up there five times. James Gunn and I went up with Debbie's movie. Romeo and Juliet, and we were astounded by how many great, independent, uh, crazy, uh, and even the ones that were, uh, you know, problematic. There was one from Bulgaria about nuns, but as as kind of bad as it was, uh, I, 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 I from then on I crossed the street whenever I saw one of them. It's a spooky movie, even though it wasn't very good. Uh, and the dubbing was all off and all that stuff in 1995. But every movie we saw. It was uh, wonderful, interesting. You know, there was real curating. It wasn't uh, uh, on the needle of 20th Century Fox. <laughs> James and I went to another festival, a huge one, and they had Dante's, uh, Dante's Peak, $200 million volcano movie, except no lava, no 
<laughs> and they had that in the festival, and it was awful. The audience was booing, and and uh, so. And just like, why do you need to put a blockbuster movie in a film festival? Like, doesn't it defeat the purpose? Like, yeah, yeah, exactly. Right. Why does Sundance have to promote uh, uh, you know the movies by the vassals of uh, the major studios? Everybody knows that uh, their pedophile uh, pedophile movie Cuties is. Uh, gonna be uh, out there. Don't even get, get go me out started. That whole thing. Woo. Yeah, isn't that something? So that's the, the big problem with the major film uh, uh, festivals today. It's a different world. So, mm-hmm. you can't even with that whole <laughs> cuties thing. Uh. But Debbie, you're a real independent artist. You you're fearless. You you really, uh, you know, made the choice of in, uh, independent cinema and. and Yes, I. I mean, I have, and you have to. You have to be good with it, don't you think, Lloyd? Like you have to just. Well, you had the opportunity. You had the opportunity to go, uh, you know, mainstream, and you stayed with the uh, crazy stuff and the independent stuff, and uh, good for you. Uh, The movies you're in will be around long after Michael. But you know what? You're absolutely right about that, Lloyd. Because the genre movies, independent movies, whether they're horror or not, like it doesn't matter, whether they're um, comedy or not, they have more of a following than, you know, you could make some really good money doing very uninteresting television, perhaps. And there's nothing wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with making money. I've just never done it. And (laughs) so, (laughs) but no, but seriously, you can, you can do that, but. The stuff is it's just forgotten. Yes, it's just yeah. really forgotten. And at some point you have to say, well, you know, did I do stuff that I think is really cool? Even though a lot of stuff maybe never came together. Did some of it come together, though? Like, right. I don't know. Well, a good example. Sorry, Monique, did you want to say something? No, no, you well, go ahead. Uh, Terra Firmer, in which Debbie uh, has a major part, People were constantly uh, bringing it back. We just went. We were, went down to Texas uh, to see it in a couple of theaters, and uh, what a crazy movie! But they talk about Debbie in that movie, and uh, it's a, it's you know 1999, and it's still getting uh, a few theaters every year. And it took a long time. Uh, the DVD nobody cared about, and uh, it didn't do well in the theaters. And then the Blu-ray with Terra Firmer suddenly it went. Uh, you know, you can't keep it on the shelves. So, you know, the public eventually, word of mouth, which you cannot buy with all Rupert Murdoch yeah. money. Uh, I don't think Tom Cruise's Grey Wolf movie on Netflix is uh, going to be remembered for even 10 minutes. No, because they get the big push with the money when it first it comes out. Drops. And yep. then they don't have the slow burn, yep. the staying power of, you know, films that are art. And I'm yes, gonna say, I though, don't mean almost art. everything that's that's kind of hot on Netflix. It really fades very fast, you're like uh, Bird Box yeah. or something. Like it's yeah. hot for a while, and, right. you know, it's not anything. Yeah. I've got to go. Unfortunately, I've got another uh, interview. Oh, sorry. Right. Um, Eight fifteen. But uh, uh, episodes. Have you seen any of you seen that? No. Dylan would love it. It's really good. Mm-hmm. It's funny as fuck. And uh, Matt, I hate Friends. What's it called? It's called Episodes. And uh, there's five seasons of it. And Matt LeBlanc, LeBlanc plays himself. Oh, I know what you mean, yeah. It's wonderful. It's so much fun. It's a little bit like that Canadian show about the Shakespeare uh, summer stock. You know, it's it's just, to me, uh, again, I'm 75 years old. but uh, And it was recommended to me by my 80-year-old brother-in-law, so uh, caveat emptor. But check it out. I think yeah. I think you guys will like it. Well, I, I know actually Dylan Thank has... you for the recommendation. Yeah. Well, we got to definitely say Troma's YouTube channel is back, right, Lloyd? It's back. It's Yay. back. Uh, but I think uh, uh, Michael Hers, who's uh, crazier than I am, he's uh, going to, he's very upset about it. And I think he's yeah. going to remove the movies so that YouTube can't make any money. Because they, yeah, ripping, you know, they, we used to make $1,000 on a million views. Now we make one dollar and eight cents on a million views when a movie makes a million views. Vegas and Vegas, uh, Vegas something yeah. or other. Not we yeah. didn't make a movie, but even it, just it, my it, own it, stuff. I used to do pretty good on, on YouTube off my own videos, but they demonetized uh, without your heads. Yeah, so. everything it, it takes like one always one. So, uh, 
So uh, Michael Hurst hates them. So I think he's removing the uh, movies. We'll leave all the the uh, little documentaries of, uh, and the uh, political statements and the shorts and all that. Mm-hmm. And slowly but surely, I think the movies will migrate to uh, Troma Direct. Yeah. So be free the first month so you can yeah. see them all in the first month. Well, and I know I Dylan also has something coming up uh, around this time, so we'll wrap it up. But I want to thank everyone yeah. for doing the show. It's been great. Oh, awesome. I love seeing yeah, everybody. Good to see everybody. I got to see everybody. Well, Dylan Where has to go to and everything. It's just like, no, no. Hey. right. Thank you, Amanda. Thank you. Yes, Amanda, you're amazing. Thank you, Dylan. Thank you. And the mysterious story. Always good to see you. Mysterious. Good to see you. Well, we Thank are going to get some uh, music here by Dylan to play us out. Come on. Oh, good, 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 good. It's the same song. This is the place at the end credits of the movie, and Lloyd was uh, gracious enough to uh, put, put uh, my Albania-written theme song in the film. No, you're very, you're extremely talented, and I'm, I'm going to be uh, getting free lunches, just like I do with James Gunn. <laughs> in the not-too-distant future with all of you. No question about Love that. <laughs> Love that because I'm starving. No, I, I want to see you. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. <laughs> Tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> Sounds great. Thank you. All right. Awesome. I'm going to uh, say excellent. thank you so much to everybody. Yeah, thank you, everybody. Thanks, Amanda. Thank thanks, Anita. Thanks, Dylan. Thanks, Lloyd. Thanks, thanks, everybody. Thank you, everybody. Thank everybody. I say keep thank the mustache. So much. Thanks, Neil. Yeah. Thanks, thanks, Troy. I'll see you. All right. Good night. Good night, everybody. Bye. 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 Thank you. Oh, what's. From ancient terrors to the search for modern-day conspiracies, the tomb of Nick Cage is the new sound in horror rock. Uncover the mystery of old-world horror for the new world order on iTunes, Amazon, and more. The tomb of Nick Cage. Find out on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram. The Tomb of Nick Cage. Oh,